welcome to this edition of the Alabama Historical Association's podcast program. I'm your host, Marty Olaf, and I talk with people who conduct interesting research and do interesting things concerning Alabama history. You can find out more about the Alabama Historical Association, a membership organization devoted to Alabama history, by pointing your browser at our website, www.alabamahistory.net. We're here today with Laura Hill, communications editor of the Encyclopedia of Alabama. The EOA, the Encyclopedia of Alabama, has just celebrated its fifth anniversary. Laura, thanks for joining me today. It is my pleasure, Marty. Laura, tell listeners what the Encyclopedia of Alabama is and why it's needed. EOA is a free online reference resource on all things Alabama. When I say all things Alabama, I mean from its history to its archaeology to science, inventors, you name it, we have something related to it. And why it is needed is sort of a very interesting story. One, first of all, is it's one of the few online resources about Alabama. There are some wiki pages. They cover specific areas. I'm thinking of Huntsville and Birmingham, but this covers the entire state, and it is free. You ask, how did it come about? Well, the reference resource that researchers and historians use is Thomas Owen's History of Alabama and Biographical Dictionary, published in 1921. It needed to be updated in early 2000. People from University of Alabama Press and Alabama Humanities Foundation started looking into what do we need to do to get this updated. And they had the wisdom to say, let's put it online. So they got a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities to investigate the feasibility of that. Several years later, it was a long planning process and development process, the Encyclopedia of Alabama launched. We have been sharing information about Alabama across the globe. We have had visitors from pretty much every country and territory on the planet. When we say that you have just celebrated your fifth anniversary, are we talking about the fifth year of the launch? We are talking the fifth year of launch. So we launched in September of 2008. It took almost eight years to launch that. There must have been a group of people working on this, directing editor, managing editors. Who were these folks? They are names that people who study Alabama history would recognize immediately. Wayne Flint volunteered, was recruited, strong-armed, it depends on who's telling the story, to become the editor-in-chief. Dr. Flint was at Auburn University at the time, and so was Dr. Jeff Jakeman, who had experience with online publications and who was also the editor of the Alabama Review. Steve Murray was a graduate student working with him. Steve became the managing editor for EOA. He's now with the Alabama Department of Archives and History. So you can see we have a tremendous pedigree of people associated. We had fantastic graduate students working with us to get it launched. And then Claire Wilson was the first full-time employee, and she is our senior content editor. Claire had a background in editing textbooks and scholarly books for students. She is key to our science and archaeology articles. How does the Encyclopedia of Alabama get its content? 
when they said we are going to set the launch date, they identified 500 articles that had to be in it for anybody to believe that this was a credible resource. And then the editors and staff and our consulting editors said, here are the ideal people to write that. They spent hours contacting experts in a subject field and said, would you mind writing an article on this topic for us? And if you looked at the list of authors who have written for EOA, they are names that people who Alabama Historical Association members would recognize in a heartbeat. Were these authors paid? Technically, yes. There was not very much money. We have a very small honoraria that we pay so that it, you can call it a work for hire. The majority of people were waived that. Most people did it because EOA is a fantastic resource for the state and it helps them promote their scholarship. The EOA is not written for a scholarly audience, is it? That is correct. We are a general reader publication. We strive to make the content that we are sharing with people understandable for people who do not have a PhD in history. They don't even have to have a um, history degree to understand what we're writing. We want to tell Alabama's stories. It is as much a, a way of getting people to appreciate the tremendous history and diversity of plant life and environment and just how great the state is. So our EOA articles are a way of sharing that story. You've said that people from around the world have accessed this. Do you have any figures on how many people have accessed it? We're heading in on 8 million page views. We started counting from the day we launched, so that would be about 4,000 visitors. Each time someone comes, they look at about two different articles. That's actually pretty good retention. They're staying for more than just a few seconds on a page. I can understand why that happens because I can imagine a lot of your listeners, they are used to this concept. You go to the library looking for one book and you end up finding five others that were even better than the one you were looking for. When you go to EOA, you look at an article and you start reading it and because it's online and it's interactive and has multimedia, if you're reading on one subject, you can click on another and I'll just pull up my favorite one. That would be Mules. I I really like our Mules articles. I'll pull it up and just walk people through it. Our URL is encyclopediaofalabama.org. You come to our homepage, and if you are looking for a specific topic, we have a search box. You just type in, and I'm going to pull up our Mules article. If you're reading about it, it will take you to an overview on Alabama. Before you even get through the first paragraph, you could click on an article on Alabama agriculture or horses in Alabama or plantations. And as you keep going, you can learn about the history of mules, its importance to the Alabama economy. We have wonderful images. We have um, a Hale County mule taken by Walker Evans. You can see mules working. We have one of the horse cart. You can see what draft mules look like. We have a photograph. So just that one article could lead you to coal mines or cotton or the Civil War and slavery. So once you start reading one article, you start wanting to go to another. So this is not just text. We have photographs and videos from repositories and archives from across the state. And a lot of this content was images that were just sitting in boxes. They haven't been on display. People haven't looked at them in a very long time, and they are now digitized and available on the encyclopedia. Do school kids use the encyclopedia? Can you tell? 
Oh, yes. We know when school starts across the country, our traffic spikes. We have a lull in the summertime. It starts to climb by December. We're reaching some of our highest numbers for the year. And then Christmas break hits and everything drops. And then school starts back up. And our busiest time of year, if we were having people come through a door, would be at the end of the semester in the spring. What is the rate of article publication? We launched with 520 articles. We now have more than 1,500 articles. We add about an article a day. Usually we do them in batches, so you can't see a new article every day. But we average about 30 articles a month. We've slowed down just a hair, so maybe about 15 articles a month. You commission articles that are submitted directly to you. Is that true? The majority of our articles are commissioned. We have a list of more than 5,000 articles that we would like to have written for us. We thought that number would shrink as we kept adding content, but it turns out it keeps growing. So there are about 5,000 articles that we would like to add, and we keep looking for people to write for us. Sometimes we have a windfall. A person says, I just finished doing a book on this topic, and it's relevant to Alabama. That is the key. We look for articles that are international, national, or statewide importance that have an Alabama connection. If any of our listeners wanted to access that list or wanted to contact you for further information, how might they get in touch with you? When they go to the encyclopedia homepage, there is a row of tabs across the top, and one of them says, Contact Us. And if they use that, they can send email to us and say, I believe this would make a good article for the encyclopedia, and tell us why they think it is and what its connection to Alabama is. Then if they would like to write it, we do not think that's egotistical at all. We would love for someone to say, and I would like to write it, and here's why I would be a good person to do it. The other thing is make a suggestion as to a person who might be a good source for writing it. So they can pitch their own idea and their own expertise, or they can volunteer somebody else that yes. you contact? Yes. Okay. About the list of articles that you would like to have, is that available anywhere publicly? No, it is not. But if somebody calls and says, I have expertise in this area, then you could say, what articles related to that are you looking for? And we could send them a list. How many people are on staff? There are four of us. Pat Cates is our managing editor. Claire Wilson is our senior content editor. And Chris Maloney is another editor. And, of course, there's you, the communications editor. Yes. I've been called an encyclopedia salesperson. <laughs> I've seen some of your presentations. That's not far from the truth. Now, thank you for bringing that up. This is the first time you've ever heard of the Encyclopedia of Alabama, and you would like to share it with an organization. We have a roadshow, and we would be glad to tell a group of people about the Encyclopedia. I would think that some organizations might want to hear that more than once. Anybody listening to this is with a historical organization, and you're reading about your community, and you say, wait a minute, we could add this, or here's some more information without the history that you've written about our community, we would love to hear from them. What's in store for the future of the EOA? We are working very hard right now to update the look of the site. When we launched in 2008, we looked really great, but 
people have smaller devices and they have bigger screens. And so we are updating our look to adjust to that. We really want to get this out as soon as possible, and we're very close to it. But it's just one of those things that takes a little longer than people talk. So a new look. We have two features that we have right now. One is on the Federal Road Initiative, and the other one is Becoming Alabama, where we have aggregated content related to those two topics. The Federal Road, we have pulled together all the articles related to people and places historically, but also places that are modern along the route. So if you were trying to follow the road, you could find out about historic places and then know that Hank Williams has a relationship with the road, Hank Williams Museum, and read about that, or Bellingrass Gardens, which are modern places nearby the road. A really fantastic feature we have related to the Federal Road is there's a virtual map created by staff at Auburn University, Montgomery. And it's interactive. And if you pull the map up and see where the road went historically, you can look at rivers and streams. And important to us is that you could click and have it show you Encyclopedia of Alabama articles that are related to the history and places along the Federal Road. What a great thing to have available to you where you can not only get to the map from the articles, but you can get to the articles from the interactive map. Yes, and we are looking forward to doing more projects like that. Well, what have I forgotten to ask you? I will remind everyone again, it is free, and it is online, and it is a credible source. We have articles written by some of the best scholars on a topic. We have had people from England and Australia write for us because they were experts on a subject. It is fun to read. It is enjoyable, and I highly recommend it. If you want a reason to start getting and using a comp um, the Internet more and looking for online information, this is a great place to start because you love history, and we have great articles, and I would recommend the first thing you read would be Wayne Flint's essay on Alabama because it links you to so many other tremendous articles. And the URL again is encyclopediaofalabama.org. I would like to also mention that this wonderful site is made possible by support from across the state and especially from Auburn University, the University of Alabama, and the Alabama State Department of Education. Thank you very much, Laura Hill, Communications Editor of the Encyclopedia of Alabama, and I hope that I get to talk to you again next anniversary. Me too, Marty. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. This has been another edition of the Alabama Historical Association podcast program. Our music is the traditional tune, Whistle By, performed at city stages in 1996 by James Bryan and Carl Jones. It's provided courtesy of the Alabama Folklife Association, which you can find on the web at alabamafolklife.org.